Hello and welcome back to the Drunken Spear Tabletop Gaming Season 2, The Tales of Vonlig. Uh, this week we are missing Kai. And for our character facts for the week, start with uh, Vamir. Uh, well, you know, after we've had that discussion in the tavern and the mayor not being too kind upon us eating orc and calling it cannibalism, um, I'm feeling quite disgusted with myself and unsure on how to handle it, to be quite frank. So I'm going to have to sleep this one off and figure out how to fix it in the morning when I have a fresh mind. Dovahkiin? Dovahkiin is starting to like Rango's cooking more and more. Choice of meat and ingredients is getting better there, Rango. Uh, (laughs) Thanks, my friend. I'm excited to keep cooking. Uh, Oh, shit. Uh, Ilias? Um, Last episode, Ilias bought a sling because... Um, not only do I like the idea, he has likes the idea of being able to use a ranged weapon, but uh, plans on using these uh, uh, quite um, uh, for some entertaining purposes later on. Okay. Rango? Uh, Rango the wizard, he is, I don't know, he, he's getting used to the, I don't know, he, he feels pretty bonded to the party. You know, we've been traveling a while and it seems like everybody's starting to be You know, I wouldn't say, like, best friends, but it seems like everybody's really settling in. And he has yet to prepare his favorite meal. His favorite food is escargot. Rango loves snails. You just can't find them very often. Only only the good snails that he likes are in a certain swamp. Okay. Uh, Sidrus? Uh, Sidrus Bloodguards, a bronze cobalt twilight cleric. And the fact today is... It's all known that kobolds are adore adore dragons, but I more distant in terms of normal dragons, but of course Shadowfell dragons I'm still head over heels for. Okay. <coughs> Especially that one that one uh, brothel. That's a dragon born. That's a dragon born. <coughs> Talking about true dragons. Uh Character fact of the week. We'll do Yorick of Yorick's Cult Cures. <clears throat> he, uh, he, despite his age, he is a master. Post, he's a potions master, and he can cure a number of ailments that other people can't. That being said, he uh, he's pretty much insane. From all of the potions that he brews, the he brews so many at one time. The scents and the vapors and other things of the potions all kind of combine together and have just kind of You're not driven him slightly insane. He's not supposed to sample his own. Kind products. of uh, got that. You did a nice job playing that last uh, yeah. last week. Definitely could tell something was wrong with him. He was missing a few. Uh, yeah, he wasn't firing all cylinders. That's yeah. For sure. <laughs> Or maybe, like, all at once, and that was right. a problem. Uh, when we had last left off, you guys had slain Slog the Terrible, uh, slightly angered your friend Salazar over a discussion over whether or not to keep the ransom gold, and then begin to make your way to Condren Village, where you had passed by some ancient ruins that have been there for several thousands of years and became enthralled and tried to learn some more information and learned that there was very little information to learn about them. And uh, on your way into town, you had passed by a funeral service and learned that some type of zombie ailment had befallen a couple of people in the town and where you guys had collected your bounty resupplied yourselves 
commissioned a couple of weapons and made your way to the tavern where a prompt conversation about cannibalism had taken place. Ilias had a couple of performances, and when we had left off, you guys had headed, uh, headed off upstairs to take your long rest. And I need religion checks from Vamir and Sidrus. Uh, 18 for Vamir. Ooh. An 8. 18 and an 8. Cool. Could I get the rest you three to step out of the building for a few minutes? Okay. Oh. Wow. I'll be back. This is going to be interesting, Sidrus. Nothing like this has ever happened before. Yeah. Rango, <laughs> Ilias, and Dovahkiin have been kicked out of the studio for just me and Sidrus to sit here with our religion check. I don't know. I don't know about mine. This is ex- well. Watch it be the one time the rolling high was the bad time, the bad thing to do. <laughs> As you two fall off to sleep. You feel yourself being consumed by a darkness. The two of you awaken standing next to each other, wearing toga robes, bare feet. Everything is black and gray. It is black sand at your feet. It feels really soft, really fine. You can feel it between your toes. And... About 50 feet in front of you is a figure holding a flail in one hand, a sword in another, a thick, heavy collar around its neck with a chain leading off behind it to another figure that is sitting, a large, massive figure that is sitting upon a throne made out of bodies of various races. Uh, Sidrus, uh, are you really here? I'm going to put my arm on you and touch you. You feel him? Um, do you do, do you see what lies ahead of us? I see a person with a flail and a sword. Now, can I understand him? Yes. Okay. Oh my god, I can understand you thoroughly. Okay, well, should we approach them? So are the bodies dead or uh the bodies on the throne? Yeah. Give me a perception check. Not any better. A six. Uh they are dead. Okay. Very grotose. Several of them look like they died in intense pain with almost like that that, pain, that grimace just kind of frozen under their face. Yeah. Well, whatever happens, Sidrissa, I hope there's no hard feelings between us. And, uh, I've always liked you. I've always... I, I, I never can understand what you're saying, so I don't know if you can understand me half the time, but uh, uh, you're, you're a good... Good fellow. Well, Vamir's going to approach. Yes. Come closer. And we can all return home. Um. What's, where's, where's home? What do you speak of? Who are you? Home is the afterlife where we belong. Do I recognize this figure? Uh, give me a history check. It's not very good. Um, history check is a nine. You do. This is the same figure that had stabbed you and nearly killed you before. Uh, Sidrus, this 
Do you see this? It's the same one that we encountered in the in, in the forest that stabbed me with that blade. Hey, come on, we've got to wake up. Are we asleep? Last thing I remember was in the tavern. I'm going to pinch myself. Uh, you pinch yourself and it hurts. What the fuck? Well, I will not return with you, demon. You might as well go to hell from whence you've came. I cannot return without you. Going to, uh... Every moment I live is in agony until I claim your souls. Can you give me any information? Why are you after us? What? I'm confused. We do not belong in this realm. We do not belong to these gods. Then to whom do we belong to? Boy, that does not sound pleasant. Do I have any of my weapons on me? You do not. Okay. Well? What do you think, Sidrus? Do you think we should face this beast head on and show it that we are no longer afraid? Or shall we turn tail and run away? I am at loss, friend. There is a pulse of necrotic energy and you see it flash down the chain into the collar around his neck two chains sprout out from the collar and begin to launch themselves at the two of you I'm trying to get out of the way yeah try to dodge if I can give me give me wisdom saving throws that's a bad roll. Um, for me, I've got a four. Vamir, a four. 24. Vamir, you go to dodge out of the way. Okay. And the chain wraps around your neck. Oh. And slowly begins dragging you closer and closer towards the figure. Sidrus, you managed to dodge out of the way. However, a chain you did not see sprouts from the ground and wrapping around you, trapping you where you are. Do I find it more difficult to breathe? Give me a constitution saving. (laughs) Natural 20, sir, with a 23. It does not. It seems like it's bound around you and it's dragging you, but okay. it's straight. It's not like cutting into your skin or cutting off your windpipe. Okay. Um, Vamir is going to uh, call upon Vend for assistance. Okay. As you're being drugged, a large sun begins to appear behind the throne and you can feel the chains beginning to get weaker so is it apparent that that prayer or that summoning worked uh hard to say at the moment hard to say i'm just gonna keep speaking to her and out loud and calling upon her relentlessly um and that's how I'm going to do it until I'm done drug, because I feel like there's not much okay. I can do. Sidrus, you feel yourself being drugged close. <clears throat> and then you notice the sun first, and you notice once the sun appears, the chains do begin to get weaker. And as this voice speaks... The throne 
the figure sitting on the throne explodes into shadow. The figure holding the flail turns into shadow, and you feel yourselves both jerk awake, laying in bed. As Vermeer, you can hear the sounds of a snowstorm and feel the cold wind. Sidrus, you feel a flutter of ravens as you both awaken. So, as I awaken, me, I'm going to go find Sidrus. As you go to get out of bed, give me a religion check. Okay. Uh, 18. 18. You are suffering from four levels of exhaustion. Holy shit. Uh, I would like to make like an insight or investigation on that shadow or the type of shadow. Is it like shadow magic or, okay, uh, or give, something? Give me an investigate or uh, insight. Okay. Uh, insight? Yep. 14. 14, it was the most intense necrotic magic, like d- ne- divine necrotic magic that you have ever experienced. Okay. And uh, give me a religion check as well. Yay. Uh, another one? Uh, another this is just oh, for okay. Sidrus. Uh, 14 again. You are suffering from four levels of exhaustion as well. Hell yeah. And with that, I'm going to jump into a break and grab them other guys so they can come in. Ugh. Shit. (laughs) As always, thank you for listening to the Drunken Spear tabletop game. Unfortunately, we lost three and a half hours of gameplay this past Saturday. And we really wanted to tell you what happened in the gameplay. There was a lot of exciting moments. There were a lot of fun things. Characters did some hilarious stuff. And it's a real shame that we lost that those audio files, they were corrupted. And we couldn't bring them to you. So we wanted to keep you up to date with the story. So the way that we decided to keep you up to date with the story was we're going to go ahead and we're going to give you the first 17 minutes, which you've already heard. And then we're going to go ahead and do a storytelling from Vamir's point of view. And if this is something you're into, please let us know. But if it's not, and don't worry, because we will not have too many episodes like this. This was to cover the bases so that you know what's going on in our storyline. And with that, as always, thank you. Thank you for supporting our podcast. And God bless you all. Well, I, Vamir, have the visions and am thrashing around in my bed, making noises and apparently speaking in languages that Ilias cannot understand. It was quite a stir, even enough to wake Ilias from a deep sleep. Ilias, who quickly rushes over to comfort and try to help his friend, me, Vermeer, realizes that I will not wake. So Ilias sits hopelessly by my side, Meanwhile, Sidrus, also having these same visions, wakes Dovahkiin. And as we all know, Dovahkiin has an aggressive nature. And he launches a pillow across the room. And he tells him, Hey, I'm trying to get some sleep here. Dovahkiin then coming to his senses and realizing something is wrong with Sidrus. He then rushes beside him and tries to aid him. Neither myself or Sidrus were able to be awoken. This would have to run its course. About 45 minutes of this excruciating pain and 
let me tell you, the pain was very excruciating. This was witnessed by Ilias and Dovahkiin. Finally, I awaken, gasping for air, as Ilias asked me what he can do to help. I told him, get Sidrus. I must speak with him. That's all I would say. Ilias, boy was he quick to jump up, and he headed to Dovahkiin and Sidrus's room. Ilias rushed to the room and started pounding on the door. Dovahkiin, Sidrus, cried Ilias. Please answer. Vermeer, he is sick. Dovahkiin opens the door with a concerned look on his face. Sidrus is not well either, Dovahkiin replied. Ilias enters the room and attempts to speak with Sidrus. Sidrus handling his pain far better than well, myself. That's a tough lizard, I tell you. States he is unable to walk at this moment and needs a few seconds to gather his thoughts and his strength. Well, all I can tell you is that little lizard is a tough son of a bitch. Because wouldn't you know it? Ah, I'll have to continue with the story. Unable to understand Sidrus, Ilias then rushes to get Rango. Rango is the only one who speaks Draconic and can understand the little lizard. The rest of us, it's all broken up and chopped. We truly have no idea what he's actually saying. Well, as you know it, Ilias rushes down to Rango and Kai's room. And he pounds ferociously on the door. And you can hear Kai in there. Who's hitting on the door, pounding on the door at this time? At night. Rango gets up and says, "Ah, Go ahead and lay back down, Kai. I've got this. Well, wouldn't you know it that Rango opens the door and there is a, a panicked Ilias. Rango looks at Ilias. What's going on? And Ilias informs him that Sidrus and Vermeer are sick. And we need someone to translate back and forth so that Sidrus can be easily understood. Rango throws on his effects and he leaves his room and heads on into Dovahkiin and Sidrus's room. As he walks in and he sees the little kobold laying on the bed, What's your ailment, friend? Should I pick you up? Ilias says, You wish to see Vermeer. What's this about? Sidrus snarkily replies, Well, to be perfectly fair, Vermeer wants to see me. And you know, I did want to see him, for we had these visions, and... Why wouldn't I want to confirm to see if he had seen the same thing as I? Well, you know, I didn't think it was that bad of a request. I tell you, though, the pain that we felt was like no other. Rango then accidentally drops Sidrus, the two-foot-four-inch kobold, to the ground. And all you heard is the thud, bang, for the room. It had went completely silent. Rango, looking down at Sidrus with his hands over his mouth. Oh my god, are you okay? I'm sorry, friend. <laughs> That's what Rango told him. Ah, oh, it must have been great. I would have loved to have seen this. I would have laughed my arse off. <laughs> Dovahkiin looks Rango up and down. Step aside, pussy. And I can totally see Dovahkiin saying that. You know, and the fuck you thing, he's always saying stuff like that too. We've talked to him time and time about his aggression, and he just doesn't seem to grasp that you don't have to be that mean all the time. But it's Dovahkiin, and we've learned to love him for it. So Dovahkiin reaches down and picks the kobold off the ground. Mind you, Dovahkiin is a goliath and stands a little over 10 feet tall, 
holding a two-foot, four-inch lizard. <laughs> I mean, Sidrus is probably the size of Dovahkiin's cock. Ilias, Rango, and Dovahkiin carrying Sidrus head to Vimea's room, my room. Upon entering the room, Ilias and I were staying. Vimea asked Sidrus, have you had the same experience? Sidrus, did you? You know, I had to ask him, I had to clarify. Did he have the same experience as me? This, I had to find out. Sidrus was silent for a moment, as I, they say I was crying out, but in pain, but I don't remember it that way. I think I handled it rather well. Of course, I didn't handle it as good as the lizard. And it is the worst pain I have ever felt in my entire life, that is for sure. Rango then acts like a translator between me and Sidrus to try to speed things up, so this was kind of nice. For some reason in the vision, I could understand Sidrus. But here, I could not. It, it was interesting. I, it, the, the vision, uh, whatever it was, it felt so realistic that it almost felt as if it would carry on as I woke up. I Honestly, I didn't even know I was asleep. Well, Rango looks at me. You know I accidentally dropped Sidrus. And I'm like, yeah, so? And he says, and I feel I must drop you to make it even. And I'm like, what? What do you mean you must drop me to make it even? This makes zero sense, Rango. And he says, Rango looks at me and he says, Yes, I think I should make it seem as if it wasn't intentional and drop you as well. You know, make Sidrus feel better. And I'm thinking, Rango, what about me? I feel like shite too. As Rango leans in, he whispers in my ear, I wouldn't want to upset the kobold. I look at him and I say, absolutely not, Rango. Don't touch me. He says, very well, upsy daisy. And I'm like, oh, he's actually going to do this. And I feel him begin to lift me off the bed. And I look at him and I say, oh my, I'm going to throw up. I need a healer. Somebody go get a healer. Something is not right. As I cry out, because <laughs> I'd be damned if I'm going to let this Rango drop me on the floor. I didn't do anything to deserve that. Well, he lets go of me immediately. And after deep discussion between the party members about ha what has transpired here, Citrus informs Rango that it was a very dark magic that they were suffering from, that we were suffering from. I couldn't wrap my head around it. I mean, it, it did. It felt dark. But I didn't really... The pain was so excruciating that I didn't pay much attention um, after I come to and woke up. It was that evil, rusted night that claimed to be of another world. You know, the one that stabbed me in the abdomen with that dagger. And I had that hole and that vicious-looking scar that would not heal correctly. Uh, it attacked us in the woods days and months ago. Uh, we both saw it again, and it was hunting us. And we knew clearly that it wasn't going to stop. Then the vision, it had wrapped chains around us and started dragging us. The chain was around my neck. It, it didn't choke me for some reason. I'm, it's, it's unclear what the light was behind it that appeared. But anyway, back to the story. This was more than a vision, we told Rango. It was more of an out-of-the-body experience. I mean, it felt so real. It felt as if we were there. There was no differentiating. I pinched myself, and it, it hurt. It didn't wake me up or anything of the sort. Well... It also felt like the souls were being torn from our bodies. You know, Sidrus said the same thing. Ilias, Rango, Dovahkiin, and myself 
<laughs> they finally took my uh, cry for help about getting a healer seriously. And Dovahkiin headed straight to the potion store and trying to figure out what made him go to the potion store, but that's what they picked. So I wasn't going to argue. Number one, I wasn't being picked up and dropped, which doesn't make any sense to me, but it's Rango. Well, apparently, he headed straight to the potion store and he starts to pound on the shop door and he can see a lantern coming from the back of the shop to the door. The old man. Yes, can I help you? What's all this ruckus about this time of night? The old man told Dovahkiin. It's an emergency, Dovahkiin cries out. My friends, they are deathly ill and we need help. Imagining Dovahkiin holler for help is interesting in itself. Well, the old man replies, did they drink too much? Ah, as he looks, as Yorick looks Dovahkiin up and down. You were in my shop the other day buying potions, right? Dovahkiin responds, yes, sir. I can't imagine Dovahkiin being so proper. <laughs> Lead the way then, the old man asked or said. Yorick followed Dovahkiin to the rooms. He, as the uh, as Yorick comes in with all of his potion bag and he sets it down on the bed, I mean, it was, I, even I remember this, it was a massive, massive potion bag. Uh, he had everything. And he sits it right beside my bed. And he looks at me and he says, Oh, I remember you. What's going on then? And I try to explain it to him. And he has a huge bag, like I said before, of vials and bottles of potions. And he tries a few on me, and they don't work. And he says they should have worked. You know, then I was <laughs> crying out in agony with a level four exhaustion, I might add. And it was the worst pain I would ever feel in my life. Or so the DM told me. So I played it that way. <laughs> Yorick then makes his way to Sidrus. And Rango continues to interpret and pass forth what Sidrus was saying. Made it easier on all of us. Sidrus shakes his head. No, he doesn't want anything. This needs to just run its course, and I will be fine, is what Sidrus told Rango to tell the doctor, uh, the potion maker, Yorick. That's what he said. And I'm sitting there looking at him, and I'm like... You don't at least want him to try to help you? I mean, seriously, this... This is not a good feeling here. Sidrus is extremely stubborn. I don't know if you all have figured that out yet. But he is, and he doesn't budge. So the party informs Yorick that it's a dark magic. And Yorick, he says, Oh, I can see. It could be a curse. Nothing I have will help him. Sorry, they will either live or die. Me? Live or die? This is unacceptable. I cannot die. I have things to do. I have finally found my faith in Vend, and I can't accept this. This is what Yorick told us. Well, Rango... He decided that he would go to the library and research this dark magic. As Rango leaves the room and heads to the library, the library was closed. Which, I mean, he should have known. But anyway, I, I um, am thankful for his uh, gesture to try to help me and Sidrus in a tough spot. The library was closed for that 
it's still in the wee hours of the morning. And then Rango, uh, apparently he had to stand there and wait for a few hours. A librarian comes up and unlocks the door. And looks at him and says, my, you've gotten here early. Rango replies, yes, ma'am. May I come in? She looks at him. Absolutely. Anything I can help you with. Rango quickly looks back. Yes, I'm looking for books that could inform me about dark magic. He asked the librarian this. I I don't know this city or this town's um how they feel about that kind of magic. So it was a gutsy move, I, I must say. So Rango is looking at her. As if the situation is dire, which it absolutely is. I'm up here in my bed dying. I mean, the pain, it hurts so bad. Are you in trouble, my young man? The lady asks him. And he replies, Rango says, Ah, yes, um, no, not me, but my friends. The lady says, I'm sorry, but those kind of books are not kept here for the fear of the children getting a hold of them, and that would be awful. The likely place to find a book like that would be in Dubak City, and that's a two-week journey. Sorry, I couldn't have been of some help. So at least she was nice and uh, offered her condolences. And she even gives him a suggestion, which is check the potion shop. Um, Yorick might be able to help you, which we already tried that, you know. And Rango just tells the lady, thank you for your time, for her time. And he moves on, you know. I can only imagine what must have been running through Rango's head, knowing he can't wait that long if Amir and Sidris, my, myself and Sidris, condition is indeed life-threatening. A month total in the journey uh, surely wouldn't make it that long, especially the way I felt. Wonder if I should load them up and take them to Dubak City. I know he thought that, and I'm so glad that he didn't take me to Dubak City. Two weeks journey in a big city, being down and injured and near death. That wouldn't been that would not be a good place to go. Well, you know Rango, feeling conflicted, he decides to turn to the mayor. Why he went to the mayor, uh, this I don't know. Rango heads directly to the mayor's office where he awaits his arrival. He has been standing and waiting on people this entire time. A few hours pass, the mayor apparently arrives at whenever he wants. Must be nice. Well... Rango looks at the mayor. Excuse me. The mayor holds his hand out to shake it. The mayor looks back at Rango. Oh, it's you. <laughs> Hesitant to shake his hand, he does so reluctantly. So if you remember correctly, this is the same mayor that the day before, or the night before, Rango and I had sat in the tavern and was talking about the orc and how we ate it. And he was telling us that's cannibalism. And, you know, deep down, I feel that it really was cannibalism. And to be quite honest, uh, it doesn't sit right with me that I've eaten orc. It almost makes me throw up every meal that I've eaten since. But anyway, you'll never believe the remark that he made. The mayor looks at him and says, what can I do for you? I'm fresh out of orc. The mayor said this. Aha! <laughs> If I would have been there, I would have lost it. I would have laughed so hard. Rango looks at him and says, um, No, sir. I'm sorry for last night's behavior. Considering what your town has just went through, it was insensitive of me to speak in such a way. I want to apologize. These terms coming from Rango are... I mean... I, my mind was blown. You look at him and you see a lizard who lives out in the woods and forages for food. Etiquette. Where did this etiquette come from? Came out of nowhere. I, I swear. Must be from hanging around me for so long. Could be. 
Well, the mayor looks Rango up and down, as you can imagine. He says, no hard feelings, and I accept your apology. I was shocked at this. If that would have been me, Vermeer, and I was standing in front of the mayor, I promise you, I wouldn't have been treated in that manner. <laughs> the mayor asks him, is there anything else that uh, he can do for Rango? And Rango replies, yes. Then he goes in and tells him the whole story. My friends have fallen ill. And we believe it's a type of dark magic, possibly the same magic that affected and caused the zombie outbreak in the town. So this definitely sparks the interest of the mayor. He's... You, I'll continue. And Rango then says, is there any way my comrades and I can help you find and slay this monster? So the mayor looks and says, well, and he looks... At Rango again, and he says, Silverman, Silvermane, <laughs> excuse me, I made a mistake on, I think he's a captain? I'm, I'm not really sure. Silvermane, Leonin, you can only imagine. Well, anyway, Silvermane and his men have been looking into the matter, and the mayor thought of offering a bounty on it, but he just had Silvermane take care of it instead. So, the mayor sits there for a while, and Rango has fallen silent. The mayor looks at Rango, and he tells him, I tell you what, I'll pay you a thousand gold if you can kill this beast. And wouldn't you know it, Rango, feeling so guilty, that he has decided... I'll just read you the whole sin, the, the way it went. Uh, I, Rango says, I feel as if I should give you a discount for our behavior in the tavern last night. Oh, good idea, Rango. We will do this task for 800 gold, 200 gold shy. Mind you, we have six people total to look after and feed. We need that thousand gold. This job, I still say, should have paid at least 2,000. The beast at which we're going against could be crazy powerful. We have no idea what we're getting into. Anyway, the mayor replies, and he tells him to talk to Silvermane and get the details of where to start. Last he knew, they were tracking the creature's footprints. Rango looks at the mayor, and he smiles his lizardy grin, and he says, Oh, thank you, mayor. Your kindness will not be forgotten. Now... Where did all this come from? He heads back to the tavern where they have where we have been staying and upon entering our room where I'm still in bed quite a lot in pain waiting for this ailment to subside trying to figure out what it is am I going to live or die? They end up coming into the room Rango does, and he tells the party that there is a job that he's taken up. Wouldn't you know it, he took the job to get the frog monster. And the logic behind it that he spends is that the frog monster could be the one that caused this. Now I'm thinking to myself, ah, I know what I saw. This is confusing, for I don't believe that the frog monster could have caused this. But okay, I mean, it's gold. And I'm like, I'm sitting there and I'm listening the whole time. And he keeps speaking and he tells that the mayor's going to pay 800. Tells him that he, you know, that they, that they were going to do it for 800. And he plays off of the fact that I didn't remember that nights ago that... It was a thousand, so I spoke up and I told him, I said, Rango, you might want to uh, try for a thousand instead of eight hundred because they've lowered it. You know, I didn't realize that he bartered and, and took the two hundred down himself, so I was trying to help him. Well, wouldn't you know it, everybody in the party, uh, mind you, ex even Ilias, Ilias had been playing tunes. And, you know, 
his tunes are phenomenal. He plays them quite often, and they are, they're almost perfect. But when you're sick, and you feel like you're on death's door, oh, the music is sometimes not what you want to hear. But he played, and I didn't say anything, for I didn't want to hurt his feelings. And I mean, his performances were great, but there are some points when you just want to not be disturbed. So I ended up just listening to him play his music, but when Rango came in, it, it stopped. And they're rounding up everybody for this quest to go track this thing that turned a mom and pop into a uh, zombie and they tore up the kid I think that's how I interpreted it I could be wrong we'd have to ask Rango for sure on the details well everyone volunteers you have Ilias you have Doverkin and you have um wouldn't you know it this completely made me look bad. You have Sidrus, sick as hell, climbing out of his bed over there. And, uh, what the hell? He, he, sick, I'm sick, he handles it really well. He's a tough lizard, apparently, because he gets out of bed and he goes on this journey with a level four exhaustion. I mean, you're just asking to get your character killed. But anyway... He heads off with them and they leave. Kai stays behind and stays with me. Well, they head out and they talk to Silvermane. Silvermane lets them know that um, the best place to start for their uh, bounty would be at the home where it all happened. And, ugh sad really what happened to the kid but you could see the blood outside of the home and you could see where they uh, ripped him apart the inside was completely destroyed and you could see the footprints getting away they were huge so Rango Elias Dovahkiin and Sidrus, that lizard, they head off. And they're deep. They, they follow the tracks down to the river. They end up crossing the river. Well, about a two-mile gap from the top to the bottom in searching. They actually pick up the trail. I was surprised. I was proud of them with this. They picked up the trail, and they start tracking to a cabin. And when they come to the cabin, the cabin's completely empty. Completely empty. Well, I think they busted through the door. I'm not really sure how they got in. I'm the lock picker, so I doubt very seriously they picked it. They probably just broke in. <laughs> like a bunch of thieves. So they start searching. And when they search down through there, they find a bunch of like fishing equipment and things of the sort. It definitely sounds like there's a fisherman here. He must go to the river and, and fish a lot. And so upon this is like this table skirt. A table top. It's hot. It's like a cloth that goes over your table. Tablecloth. Whatever you want to call it. And they decide to pick this up. They pick it up. And there's a skeleton under it. Yeah. A skeleton. So, at this point, things have gotten a bit weird. Well, you know them, they're searching and searching. And they see this fishing pole on the wall that was kind of hanging oddly. So they hit the Dover King hits the button on this fishing pole and voila there's a magical door that just happens to pop open 
Well, it's a tunnel. I'd say about 30 to 45 feet long. And they go down the tunnel and it empties out into a bigger room. So as they're standing up into the tunnel, Rango is kind of freaking out because he doesn't want to go to the end because he knows he's going to find this ginormous toad-like creature. Well, he starts talking to himself and let's just say he alerted to the person that he was actually there. So, they argue back and forth for a while. Um, this person, what was his name? Oh, I cannot remember his name, but he was something fisherman. Oh, I don't remember his name, but we'll call him... What was his name? His name has escaped me. You know, they told me, but I can't remember his name, but we'll call him... We'll call him Fred the Fisherman. I don't think that that was right, but Fred the Fisherman. Fred, Frank. Ah, name doesn't matter. But anyway, Fred the Fisherman. And they're talking back and forth, going at it. And Rango's trying to get him to uh, surrender. What's he doing down there? Uh, what's up with this dead body? And they just go back and forth. And the guy, Frank, Fred, Fred the Fisherman, looks at him and says... Um, oh, that's not my body. You brought that here. And, and, what? You really think we would fall? Were that stupid? I personally wanted Rango to say that, hey, we're here in the name of the mayor of town. You are wanted in a crime. And you are under arrest and arresting. I mean, it would have been that simple. Take him alive, more money. You figure out if he actually did it. Yada, yada, yada. Well, huh, didn't go that way. So, he tries to buy Rango off. And I mean, the things that he was trying to buy him off with were, oh, I would have had a hard time not taking these things. He offered 5,000 gold. Well, yeah. And then he offered 10,000 gold. And I'm like, damn. Are you daft? Because we could take 10,000 gold. Say we completed the bounty. And have 11,000 gold and retire. Literally retire for a while and, and be done with all this craziness. But, you know, Rango, apparently, he can't be bought. He says no. No to the gold. Well... <laughs> whoever this entity was and I'm not sure it looked at him and it's because everybody else is kind of hiding in the tunnel and Rango's more downward at this point it looks at him and it says and it looks like a human looks like a man and it, it looks like what we say Fred the Fisherman yeah we'll go with that looked like Fred the Fisherman you know and then Fred the Fisherman says the damnedest thing. He looks at Rango and he says, I'll make you a lord. Now, I would have loved to ask, how in the hell was he going to make me a lord? Now, Rango didn't think of this. And I suppose rightly so. I I'm not dissing on Rango by any means. I'm just frustrated. For I stayed back. I, I didn't go. I was too sick. Kai stayed and watched over me as I got better. Because if you've ever played, or, or if you've ever went on a quest and been at level four exhaustion, well, all I can say is, is you're going to be damn terrible and you're just going to be a weight. You're going to be the anchor on the party so I just decided to stay home uh, stay at the tavern get better so I could come back and be of an assistance well nobody asked him how he was going to make us a lord and then 
old Fred the Fisherman. He decided to uh, turn into a big, ugly ass toad. <laughs> Where did that come from? I mean, Rango, all he had to do was take the money. All he had to do was take the lordship, or at least ask how in the world that he would have got the lordship. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, but he didn't. So they go round and round, and the monster takes a hit, and it backs up to the wall, and basically, you've got it. The wall opens up, and there's a damn zombie. <laughs> the funny part with this was that the zombie turned out to be tougher than the frog. And this is my speculation and no one else's, but I personally believe that Fred was no fisherman. Just saying. So they fight him. The zombie rushes to Dovahkiin and takes a good swipe at him. And he hits him one time. That's all. And, you know, Dovahkiin, he's always rolling, D20, the, rolling the D20 and 26 to hit, 27 to hit, 30 to hit, 40 to hit. You know, he's always getting those impossible numbers and it's almost as if he's cheating. But, hell, he made short work. His first hit with his silver weapon on the toad took out, like, well, I think, like 26 damage. And Temnir took it out. It's bloody just, just with that one hit. And the zombie, it uh, it took some hits from him, too. And you have Ilias's uh, grand move. And Ilias apparently packed a bunch of silver coins, you know, because of these monsters. Oh, by the way, Rango hit the monster with a fireball. And the fireball did nothing. It faded off of him, and he laughed. He laughed at Rango. Oh, boy, did that piss Rango off. So the next time Rango hit him, he hit him with poison. And then Ilias pulls out this slingshot. And I mean, this is masterful the way that Ilias did this. He pulls out his slingshot. He pulls it back. And wouldn't you know, he lets those coins fly at that monster. And every single one lands. Every coin. I think he put 10 in his uh the cradle whatever you want to call it on the slingshot uh he put 10 in and for 10 points of damage on that beast well they were fighting the zombie and the zombie was still alive and it was actually quite tough but uh old uh, fred the fisherman decided that he was going to try to run between everybody <laughs> and this this was hilarious because the zombie got to attack Dover King yet once again and he failed he critically failed he couldn't hit him Dover King's got that power armor of of 20 and you just can't hardly touch him he's a he's a tank and a half and he's good in a fight just wish we could work on that temper of his it's going to get us in trouble one of these days. Well, this beast, this frog beast, runs past. And all of a sudden, everybody turns to swing at him. You know their opportunity attack? Well, Dovahkiin misses. Who else misses? I'm sitting here I'm trying to think. Dovahkiin missed... Um, you had, uh, brother. Every, anyway, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think they told me when they got back that Ilias had actually took a dagger and stuck it with any. Well, maybe it was Sidrus. Ugh. Anyway, I'll have to verify with them next time I see them. But one of those two, they killed the monster. Well, you know Rango and his cookbook. 
he decided to gather up the cut off the legs of the frog and i'm just when they told me about this i'm like i am not eating that i'm, I'm not I, I mean i suppose that might be better than orc but the surprising part was is that the toad did not turn back to the man yeah it didn't turn back to the man so they took the frog legs now, whether those will turn out good i have no idea we'll we'll find out here in the next day or so when rango decides to cook them and they were discussing the matter trying to figure out and dover king chops off the head for proof and obviously they finished off the zombie we you know you have to say what in the world happened with the zombie well uh they finished it off it was a simple kill and on the way out i believe rango lit everything on fire and burned it all oh they also got a small chest which they brought to me to unlock with crazy exhaustion and disadvantage on my all my rolls i couldn't unlock it so they head back after burning the whole uh the whole hut and they head back to town and they talk to the mayor and they tell the mayor that you know they well first i meet them I meet Dovahkiin. Dovahkiin tells me, he says, so, uh, you, you are able to unlock this safe? And obviously I've got exhaustion, so I wasn't successful. He just bashes the lock off of it with one hit. And I'm like, why didn't you just do that in the first place, big man? But he's, I'm glad that he thought of me, I suppose. Well, he opens the chest and the chest contains this scary ass dagger. And this dagger is black with like veins that pulsate through it. It looks like the kind of dagger that if you wield it, you're in for some hurt yourself. Like it wants to, it, I just got a bad feeling about this dagger. I don't know what it's going to do. Um, it seems extremely evil. Well, and then there was a book. Oh, and did I tell you that when they were fighting that monster down in that cave, that monster made a reference to me and said that it wished that the greedy elf was with them when they fought that frog beast greedy elf i'm no greedy elf they told me that too and i found it interesting Ilias also found a book and that book had a picture of him in it whatever this entity was it had been hunting us no doubt so back to where we were sorry i had forgotten that bit and we open the chest it's got that dagger it's got another book just like what Ilias found i can't read it we told rango that he needs to get the spell to where he can touch papers and scripts and, and change them into languages to where he'll be able to interpret them hopefully he listens to us and grabs that spell but who knows well, when they go to the mayor and they talk to him, Rango tells him that we killed him. And he tries to take the head in, right? This was very funny. Tries to take the head into the uh, reception, or the in the mayor's office. And the recep receptionist, ah, having a hard time talking here. The receptionist ends up stopping him and saying, hey, get that outside, put it outside. The mayor will go look at it outside because she didn't want it dripping its juices all over the floor. So... You know, Rango, he, uh, <laughs> he abides by what was requested, waits for the mayor. The mayor comes out and sees it. And upon seeing it, the mayor asks uh, what it is. And we don't really know. It's just like a toad thing with like horns and nasty teeth. It's a real nasty beast. And the head was huge, huge head. So the mayor looks at it and Rango looks at the mayor and says, have you ever heard of Fred the Fisherman and the mayor says yeah I know Fred I haven't seen him in a couple weeks months whatever well this is Fred the mayor's jaw dropped and I'm telling you the mayor's jaw dropped at least four inches so the mayor then looks at Rango and says there's no way that that is uh is fred the fisherman so he's like well i'm telling you there was a, a, a skeleton up top but we burned it all and the mayor ends up paying us we get we get our coin 
And later on, Dovahkiin hit Rango with the realization that that skeleton that was up underneath that cloth very well might have been Fred, the fisherman. Fred Fishman, Fred Fisherman, whatever the hell his name was. That might have very well been him. And the toad was just either transformed to his appearance or who knows what that toad really was. There is one thing to take away from this adventure today, and that is that we are being hunted by something. And something with very evil entities knows who we are. And we'll see where our adventures take us. We were back at the tavern, ready to sleep. and wear off this level of exhaustion that we have going for ourselves regain long rest well that's all I have for now thank you all for listening and as always we'll see you in the next adventure